And again, we don't have to start immediately now that it's recording because I can always just chop off the beginning. So that's why. Oh, Jaren, don't do that. I just take it from the recording. Now you're forcing me to edit. <laughs> now I don't have to edit when you just do it regular. I We're just live, grab guys. it where we start. Yeah. Like, Let me start another I don't have to go in and edit audio now because now Jaren's like, oh, you don't got to start winning because we can do this. Jesus Christ. You see something about Jason? You see this? You need, you need me to end the end broadcast and start another one? No, no, no. We're good. We're good. I'm going to keep all this in the audio, guys. <laughs> Welcome to another Inward for Nerd podcast. <laughs> I am your host, Cordy J, or should I say Lazy J, non-edit J, not trying to deal with the deal with none of that J. And I'm here with my co-host as always, the Duke of all nerds, Jason number A. Jason, what's going on? What's up? I'm glad I didn't volunteer to edit anything. <laughs> <laughs> And yes, I'm here with the number one editor on our team, on our squad. Uh, we call him the token because we also allows us, unlocks the ability for us not to edit, but also allows us to get the white perspective on things that, you know, probably we shouldn't hear from white folks about. But Jared, what's going on? Hey, what's happening, man? Um, yes, I got somebody that called me and was like, hey, is he saying Medea wrong or is this just like a gag? gag? I said, nah, he always says Medea. I just never corrected him. <laughs> we just let him slide. <laughs> Was, it, was, it was never my it was never my place. I'm glad you Jason got a phone call about that. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna lock it up. His, his grandma called him like, "Yo, we gotta correct him." Don't at me. Don't at me, bro. <laughs> so, starting off by top three, which is always themed in the uh, honor of Space Jam to the new legacy, we are doing our top three on pro athletes turn actors. So let's start off with number three. Let's go on. You know, I'm going to start with number three because I used to let you want to, you all start first. My number three is going to be Ed O'Neill. Yes, he signed with the Steelers briefly and got cut. That's Al Bundy for people that don't know him and for, uh, I can't think of his character, Martin Family. But He's the dad he has Martin been in movies. He has been in uh, cinema. But Ed <laughs> O'Neill, he played for the Steelers for three days before he got cut. I'm going Ed O'Neill is my number three. Athlete turned actor. If he didn't get cut, he would have never became an actor. Jason, number A, what is your thoughts on that and your number three? I feel like that's cheating. <laughs> then when that, that opens up every. Well, uh, you know, John Krasinski played high school football, so. <laughs> like, I'm pro. It's got to be pro. But my number three, and I hope this is okay because I get. This is a pro. He's a pro athlete. I'm going to say uh, Hulk Hogan. Terry the Hulk okay. Hogan. Yeah, you know, uh, right. he was I mean, uh, the quintessential first wrestler to turn, and this is probably going to be telling unto my other pick <laughs> first pro wrestler to turn actor. And he had several string of movies that I enjoyed as a kid. So, Terry the Hulk Hogan would be my number three pick. He did quiet those gremlins down in the movie theater when they were wrecking it in Gremlins, too. <laughs> That's true. And Jason, number eight, definitely can't date his daughter, and he probably would call you the N word, but. Very, very good choice. Look, I, want to daughter. I watched that TV show. No, there's no thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to be a part of that family at all. Yeah, also, that daughter, man. Talk about a mannish woman. And let's go on to number three for Jaren. All body types <laughs> are acceptable here, Jaren. <laughs> thank you. Uh, my, number, my number three started his uh, career as a linebacker at San Diego State and was an Oakland Raider, uh, Mr. Carl motherfucking Weathers. Mm. Hey, a great one. Good, yes. good choice. Yeah. All right. See, always, always picking up these, these, you know, deep cut black choices over here, Jaren. I, I really feel. <laughs> I know. How's Carwell is deep cut? Come on, man. He, I mean, most many people, people don't know, know what Carwell is. I grew up in the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Like that's true. 
Unless you're um, like a super predator fan. <laughs> predator. Yeah. Uh, my number two is going to be the guy who won up Hulk Hogan. Dwayne The Rock Johnson is my number two for <laughs> pro athletes <laughs> turned actors. Not for his time at the University of Miami, but his time as a professional wrestler in the WWE. E F slash E at that point. So yes, I mean he's the number one grossing movie star right now in America, which is a funny thing because let's be completely honest, none of his movies really are that good. So the fact that he's made it this far on subpar movies is very, very, it's very, very good. Uh, the rundown was amazing. Yeah, stop it, um, guys. stop it, you guys. stop it. We're not going to do this. <laughs> We're not going to do this. again for the Jumanji. number one actor in the business. Jumanji was amazing. All right, yeah, hold on, hold on. Talk about. So we're going to say that these four movies you're going to name is enough to make him the number one grossing actor in the game right now. Is that what we're going to say? Over okay, over other you know guys what? that make great movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, my number two, because uh, I asked the question: Is bodybuilding considered a sport? And you guys said yes. No. So I'm going to go with. Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, like you know, for from the eighties and nineties, you couldn't you couldn't get away from Arnold Schwarzenegger. So, and despite you know some of his, uh, let's say, problematic recent history as being you know the governor of Republican governor, he's still down for EP, you know, environmental regulations. So I'm I'm good with that. But Arnold Schwarzenegger, Terminator, Terminator Two, uh, the yeah. last. Uh, <clears throat> I'm action I'm hero more shocked that he's your number two. So I'm really in waiting to see. Well, number my one number is. one is going to be. It's I think is we. Uh, <laughs> never hey, mind. I don't Go think ahead. it's. I lost you for a section of that. Completely lost you. So I heard Arnold. No, that's fine. His, yeah, his number two is Arnold. Jared oh. your number two. Uh, my number two uh, played for almost a decade uh, for the likes of Chelsea, Leeds, uh, United, and game. Wimbledon. It is Vinny Jones. I knew it. Why did I not know this? Vinny Jones. I told you it was number two when we were talking earlier. <laughs> I called it out yeah. that he's going to be some yeah. soccer footballer. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's more popular than football if you consider the populace of the world, not just Americans. Which, as an American, the world I doesn't do stop on the East and West Coast here, my guys. Come on. The world does stop. There's it nothing beyond not, yeah. the Atlantic not or stop. Pacific Ocean. I'm, go I'm going to side with the Duke on that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm a buried. I already buried my lead. My number one is Arnold Schwarzenegger. So let's just fast forward past. So me we just switched to, our <laughs> to 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 Jason, the Duke of all nerds. What is your number one? If Arnold my number is one is number the Rock. Two? Oh my God, Jesus <laughs> Christ! My number one is the Rock. Hold on. So Dude. you put the Rock over a guy that has multiple classic movies with a guy that maybe has one or two, maybe the Rock. Every time you see the Rock in a movie, you're like. I'm going to enjoy this movie, even if it's a terrible movie. That rock, the Rock brings so much life and energy to the movie that Arnold Schwarzenegger can never do. All right, like okay. the Rock right. saves yeah. franchises. Okay, I, I think I think we're officially done here for this show. <clears throat> I, I think we should never record ever again. That he, <laughs> you just hear the words out of you that Arnold doesn't. You know what? You know what? Arnold doesn't say franchises. He's okay. Like no, okay. No. Jaron, what are you going to say? The, my number one uh, played with Warren Sapp on the Hurricanes, got injured, and was a WWE star. It is Dwayne The Rock Johnson. See, you thank you, Jaren. I do I have definitely won this one because you guys are insane. I have an honor. That is the most ins. His popularity made him a Republican congressman because he was so fucking popular. 
Like, what do you I'm guys not, I'm not denying that Arnold Schwarzenegger, he's my number two pick, but The Rock is just more, like, this is, I guess, how for me, is it's the, more, how is like, the Rock I enjoy watching Arnold. Rock more. The okay, Rock's so, good. all right, what is The Rock made better than Terminator? Nothing. Terminator What one? is The Rock made better than Terminator 2? Nothing. Nothing. What is The Rock made better than True Lies? Uh, so oh, you better stop it. You better stop it. The rundown. The, oh, you did. Yeah. You were smoking you, the, you biggest why, you know why? the biggest crack. Like, because the lead fucking girl in. Oh, in fuck out of here! We're not talking about ugly. Jamie Lee can't. Jamie Lee. Ugly. <laughs> look, worst haircut. Look, I enjoy watching The Rock. He does his thing very well. Not saying that Arnold Schwarzenegger doesn't you. do his thing. I enjoy watching The Rock more than I enjoy watching Arnold Schwarzenegger. Hell, I wouldn't go as far as Conan 1. There's nothing The Rock has done better than Conan 1. There's what? plenty of things better than Conan yeah. 1. Jesus Stop fucking it. Christ. Stop it. <laughs> Conan Dude, Jumanji is better Conan than Conan 1. 1. That is, that is, one and that is finally false. Yeah. Fast fuck. Oh, God. You guys, the, you know what? The second G.I. Joe movie is better than Conan. Oh, you are smoking so much reefer right now. You guys are high off your fucking minds. I don't even got to do it. We could probably just look at Rotten Tomatoes. They would probably clap all you guys for this. This is, you know what? Mm-hmm. There's a reason why The Rock is the highest grossing actor pretty much of all time. Yeah. Yes. And like I said, I think it's completely based off charisma. And my great argument was he's made, no, he doesn't. He rock is probably one good movie out of four, maybe, maybe one good movie out of four. I would say two out of four. <laughs> oh, yeah, Jesus Christ, that's a damn lie. That's a damn lie. You guys, uh, you know what? Uh, I do want to. There was there is one honorable mention in the summer of '78 while SNL was taking a break. Bill Murray joined up with the Grays Harbor Loggers of Aberdeen, Washington. It You're was ridiculous. the pro team at the time, and he got a hit off of a pitcher. And and I mean it didn't it wasn't a great hit but it was a hit in a pro game so technically he's been in a pro sport. Bill. So number Murray. one is Bill Murray for everybody. <laughs> Honorable mention is Bill Murray. I would take that over this the rock shit. <laughs> you're right. This rock is rock I, you know what? What are you talking? There's about? Too much rock hate over here, my dude. You gotta relax. This is this you're I, too this, hard on the rock. This baby. Again, so I'm hitting like, over that you guys are taking reacting. him over Arnold. That is the way he's reacting. Arguably like the biggest the movie star in the world. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hold on. Biggest, the, probably the biggest movie star in the world, Arnold. Like everybody knows Arnold for everything. Again, got into a public office from his. And acting. you know what? They were saying the rock for president, man. He would probably yeah, win. Maybe. If he ran. And the only reason Arnold wasn't getting that because Arnold wasn't born here. Like, let's stop it. People, and, were, people were like, hey, if we could change the rule, we would vote <laughs> for Arnold as president too. Like, but if okay, you put a, I digress. If you, put a, if you put a picture today of Arnold Schwarzenegger next to a picture today of The Rock and you float that around, anybody that's in their 20s or, or below, they're going to be able to identify The Rock before more people are going to identify The Rock before they identify Here, Arnold. Here's the, here's the ding for He's more popular now. How was that even an argument, Jaren? Yeah, more I put now. Taylor Swift up over like Janet Jackson. More people will understand. Doesn't mean she's fucking better. Like, what are we just, talking about? What is that? Here's, here's the one thing that the <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger has over The Rock that I had that I had to put him a lower. He was a Republican. <laughs> okay, at least you're honest. At least you're gonna keep it real there. That's there we right. go. This whole That's my, that was my deciding Jaren, the, the rundown talk of Jaron is asking on this. Whoa. Oh, you put a picture of them together. Who's more popular? Yeah, because one is still doing movies, the other one's damn near retired. Yes, I would assume he'd be more popular. If he wasn't, he be... had some really, he's still doing some really good movies, even in his older age. Oh, I agree, but I'm saying he said who would be more popular, but it must yeah, be 20 no, be, Yeah, who'd, who'd be yeah, more yeah, yeah, he would, but that's like, and I said, even feel like that's even a small margin. 
That's like if you were to put Hulk Hogan in The Rock's photo up too, I feel like more people would probably say The Rock, but Hulk Hogan be damn close, and Hulk Hogan ain't done shit forever, but use the N-word on videotape. <laughs> Hulk Hogan is just broke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, hopefully you enjoyed this. Hopefully everybody's just as outraged as I am. If you're not, then you're probably a 20-year-old that Jaren's talking about that enjoys The Rock <laughs> way more than you all should. <laughs> Uh, shout out to Young Rock, too, because as I've been hating on The Rock, I do like that show a lot. I do think that's a really good show, and really? his charisma shines out on those opening scenes as well. Um, but again, you're listening to the N-Word for Nerd podcast. We're on Hair Cannon Circus everywhere. If you want to check us out, you can check us out on YouTube, uh, Spotify, Facebook, all the places that could be there. Yes, Jaren is taking Saki and Soji to the face, and it's going to be a very great, great show. He must have had that when he made that list, too. It's my uh, disagreement so shot. <laughs> Is it a grievous shot? Yes. Grievous <laughs> Let's jump shot. right on into uh, Geek News, which, again, like last week, I promised you guys we're going to make this shorter, more compact and sweeter. So starting off with this, uh, we have first leaked pictures of the Tim Burton Batmobile being on the Flash movie set. Guys, I know we kind of hit on this before, but what is your favorite Batmobile? Let's start with you, Jaren. I mean, I love the Tim Burton Batmobile. It's probably It probably ties with the uh animated series batmobile for me okay <laughs> jason number a um i'm gonna agree with jared it's it's a it's a tie between the animated one and this one but this one i used to go to the uh, richmond uh historical museum and they had a uh, replica of this one there and i was like oh this is so cool and my dad used to take us to there all the time so this one has uh sentimental value to me so there <laughs> uh, i'm gonna be the off kilter one and i agree with you guys with that tim burton one but I do just love the Adam West Batmobile. Just I do you know enjoy what? it. I was thinking I about that, that and I was car. like, I was, I was, that would be my second choice because even though it's the corniest thing ever, like yes, it's it, <laughs> it works. Also, that, that's we, the one that if you were if you were to ride around town, that is the Batmobile. You're like, oh yeah, I could push that around <laughs> town as my regular vehicle. Like I do enjoy that about it. <laughs> That that Batmobile is that that's the embodiment of we know how he's gonna die. We just don't know when. Because when he rolls that <laughs> motherfucker, it's over. And he's killed. He, he, he's killed the boy Wonder too. He's all over the pavement. That thing, but also, like stupid. I just I just try to imagine like the Batmobile in like Atlanta traffic. <laughs> <laughs> Especially like if he has a bomb. Yeah, no, three a.m. So that's that's why Batman got the tumbler. <laughs> Get through ATL at a reasonable rate. All right, our next set of news is, yes, everybody's been waiting, and finally it is here. Deadpool has finally made his first official appearance in the technical MCU by doing a reaction video to the uh, trailer of Free Guy with, uh, was it Korg? Korg, uh, yeah. Yes, so that is our first Deadpool MCU connection here. I know, Jaren, you've been waiting for this for forever, so please tell oh, me yeah. your excitement level once you saw this. <laughs> I love uh, that Korg when they point out Taiko Atiki in in the trailer. He's like, "Oh, he looks like a nice guy." <laughs> like, I love all the in jokes. Uh, they were fantastic. Um, I I am so fucking excited for this because whereas Fox snubbed Deadpool every chance they could get, and so they had to write jokes around him, like them not putting any money or effort into Deadpool. 
Like now the MCU, I guarantee you, is going to have his back 100%. And he's going to write a totally different group of jokes where he is up to his elbows in MCU characters. <laughs> I would love it if they have some sort of like, like this is the kind of thing that'll pull Robert Downey Jr. back out of retirement for like a scene where Deadpool and him are just fucking around or something. And that that excites me in every way, shape, form, or fashion. Also, right, I think Deadpool, I think Deadpool should take over uh, for Stan Lee's cameos and every other just MCU movie in every, movie. <laughs> every movie from here on in. Just one line in the background for something. Absolutely. Uh, Duke of Nerds, your thoughts? I don't know. Uh, I, I feel like Disney has a way of watering things down. And Deadpool is one of those characters that doesn't work if it's watered down. And hopefully they respect the character and keep it at its rated R level. But my gut feeling is they got to put the ears on it. So, right. Kevin Feige, Kevin Feige's already confirmed it'll be rated R. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, mean that could just be from stabbing people, Jaren. That doesn't mean it's going to be rated R jokes <laughs> okay. and humor. Is <laughs> <laughs> that going to be also legs? works for Disney? Okay. Yeah. That yeah. could be short legs with a penis probably in this movie. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> Probably not going to get pulled off under Disney. There will um, probably not be. There, yeah, there'll be less baby dick in this version, probably. But I think that's the line they draw. I think he's still going to be cutting heads off left and right. It's like no more baby dicks in your movies, please. Yep. They're like <laughs> Disney's. Like, come on, guys. Um, I'm I'm not excited about it. I but I do enjoy the fact that at least they're saying they're admitting that hey, he's part of it. I think I have Deadpool fatigue. I feel like Deadpool is definitely that character that he works better with something else, not as well by himself, because then it feels like it's trying. That's why Deadpool 2, to me, wasn't as great, because it felt like they tried too hard because they had to one-up Deadpool 1, where if you put him in there, and I know Cable was in it, but let's be Cable wasn't given the Cable Cable story we wanted. They were just like, hey, you guys like Cable, right? Well, here's Cable hanging out with Deadpool, which I know is a comic well, but it X Factor and they all die. Right, 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 right. Like Deadpool works better in that capacity. And I hope they know that and they make that more of a thing than trying to like give us just pure Deadpool. Cause I, it, the meta stuff gets a little tiresome for me. Like, all right, I know everything's a joke, Deadpool. I know you, you made a joke about, you know, refrigerating your woman. I know you did some time travel shenanigans and brought her back. I know. Like, we something has it. to stick for me. Yeah, yeah. Something has to stick in reality for me, I guess. In Deadpool movies, so far as it's been saying, nothing sticks in reality. So it's just kind of like, I can do whatever because I'm Deadpool, which I'm hoping Marvel corrects that. That's what I'm saying. But I've got a feeling like they're going to just try to keep doing what works, which means we're just going to get the same meta jokes in. Everybody's going to be like, ah, did you get it? And I'm going to be like, yeah, I got it. You know, make some joke about something in reality. Got it's gonna it, turn got into, it. It's going to turn into the Big Bang Theory of movies. Respectfully. Yes, yeah, thank you. Yes. Referencing things and not making it, <laughs> and everybody laughs because they referenced it, not because it's an actual joke. Respectfully. Jason, respectfully, number A, you have. Respectfully, I disagree. His his whole his whole that whole uh B storyline with his uh his wife, you know, was phenomenal. And they did put him up against the, the you know, Deadpool does work when he's put up against like next to the straight man, essentially, like the the guy that the no nonsense type that he's joking around with the whole time. And I think uh Josh Brolin's cable did a phenomenal job of rebutting his ridiculousness. Every single time he brought it to him, so I, I, I disagree. I think that that I, kept them in check, and I think that the B storyline about you know his wife was incredibly impactful and well, well thought out and well acted and well played. So, but no, but no one's arguing that, Jaren. 
Like everybody agrees. <laughs> you with literally no one's arguing that. You said that I he was unhinged it. and he doesn't have anybody to play off of, and that uh, that the story was just all meta jokes and no original content, which it wasn't. No, and I didn't say any did. of that. I said that. No, I didn't. he's saying that it will get to be that way in, a, in the yes. future. Yes, because like of, as it keeps going, because it's nothing that's sticking to the reality of the situation. Like, there's no consequences to Deadpool's reality so far as we've seen. And I feel like uh, that's going to get an old shtick. That's my comment of it. That's why I said I'm not that other excited. Than his, other than his wife dying? I mean... She, she didn't got die, back though. at the end. She got brought back. Yeah. <laughs> I could <laughs> say again. that I would enjoy a Spider-Man Deadpool movie with Tom Holland yes. and Ryan Reynolds would be oh, fun. Yeah. I think that would be a that lot. Would be great. That would be totally fun. Would you that want to put him up great. against Tom Hardy's or uh, yeah, Tom Hardy's uh, Venom? No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't Tom fit in the, and... in the MCU whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please, let's never mention Venom again unless we have to. Uh, <laughs> who, 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 who would you? Who would you put? A, who would you cast as the dream villain in that? You got Deadpool and Spider Man together. Who are they fighting? Uh, you really don't even need a villain. In that uh, what's the dude? The henchman honest. from Hydra. <laughs> you you can you could do Mr. Negative Man, you could do Tombstone, Hammerhead, you could do a, just a regular you don't really need a really powerful villain yeah. that. Like I, I it's like more a, about a them interacting. Story would be fun. Yeah, exactly. Like it's their interaction <laughs> that's gonna be the thing. Yeah. Like um they can just be hanging out in New York for a for a movie. And I'd I be mean, like, okay. If they ever did that movie, which we're just troubleshooting here, I would love to see if they ever made that movie a one. A Deadpool reenacting of Uncle Ben's death with all the characters being Deadpool. That's <laughs> that's that would be my dream if they ever made that. Like <laughs> that would be the trailer. That'd be the that'd be the teaser that'd trailer. The trailer. Like, we're we're not gonna do this in the movie, so I'm gonna catch you up. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but Uncle Ben Marvel, we're writing movies, guys. Come on, hire us. <laughs> we're here. We're here to be hired. And, and he makes like Uncle Ben like quasi a drunk. Power responsibility, Peter. Now bring me another fifth. Like it is completely not really the telly, but yeah. just close enough. They'll be like, okay, we get it. All right. So, uh, last but not least, on here, Little Mermaid filming has wrapped. The live action Little Mermaid filming has wrapped, and it, you know, yeah. I mean, any thoughts on this, uh, Duke of Nerds? I'm surprised no one's drowned. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what I'm saying. Yeah, nobody. I, we're not going to comment on that joke. You don't know what I'm saying. It, if you don't, we're going to move forward. Uh, Jared, please. Uh, <laughs> little mermaid is wrapped. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, I looked at the I looked at the picture you sent us of the entire cast. Is the uh, guy playing Sebastian actually Jamaican? Because that'd be awesome, but I couldn't tell. I don't think so. I doubt he is. He's been on Blackish and all that stuff, and he doesn't rock the accent. So I'm going to assume he's not. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, let's go on to the Rick and Morty. Check in with this was what episode four, yeah, or five, four or five, four. It I guess in this, I, I just will call this the semen episode. I'm just you know, I think that's what everybody's going to know it as anyway. Yep. Um, let's go ahead, Duke of Nerds. Your thoughts on this uh, latest right. Rick and Morty episode? Okay, okay. I laughed a lot during this episode. It made me laugh out loud, but I could not help in the back of my mind think that this is the point where Rick and Morty jumped the shark. This was mm. so outlandishly disgusting that I was like, they're just pulling shit out of their ass at this point. Like, <laughs> it, it was funny. Don't get me wrong. It was funny. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching it. But, like, it's so, like, this, they have an incest space baby, for crying out loud. This is so, yes. <laughs> like, beyond the realm of, like, 
good taste, even for Rick and Morty, that I was like, they are like, are they running on fumes? Is, or is this like, I hope they have a better plan than this. That's what I'm just saying. It, I still enjoy watching it. I just like, and don't get me wrong. I'm not a prude. I'm not like some guy that gets easily, you know, grossed out. But this was the one where I'm just like, I don't know what. <laughs> well, as the fan theory is going on that this season is actually telling the story of Evil Morty. Evil Morty, yeah, I saw that. So as that's well. why the Rick isn't as dominant, and the Morty's a lot more aggressive and more like can handle itself. So it also I mean, seems if- a lot less mature than previous Mortys. Mm. Mm. Or previous seasons of Rick and Morty, because like right. last season he had a whole relationship with a woman, and you know came out on top of that like you know with a more grown up understanding. In this one, he's like all crying like over, yeah. over Planetina. Like you already lived a life with a woman, and you're <laughs> yeah, sad yeah. over her. Like that doesn't make any sense. Planetina probably had <laughs> that ill, bro. Had that earth, <laughs> that fire, that dirt. <laughs> that was Planetina had that ill boy and shit. I ain't mad at Morty. Uh, Jaren, your thoughts on this episode? <laughs> uh, I liked it. Uh, it wasn't my favorite. Uh, but that being said, I did feel like a filler episode, in my opinion. But I'll take this over another intergalactic cable box episode any <laughs> day of the week. So, so oh, I, like I mean, you see, those are all box. fucking fillers where every, they take all the this ideas is- that didn't work in the writer's room and they shrink them down to the bite-sized joke that they should be. And just rapid fire them at you. That's why I don't and like him. Also, it's just a lot of his just Justin Rowland riffing. He's just, yeah. just like he's in the booth and then just saying stupid shit. And I'm just like, this is, I'll yeah. take that. That's fun. Yeah. Have fun. Uh, <laughs> oh, there was there was the the yeah the baby at the end that was that was t- terrible. Um, and sticky the little guy, uh, two tailed sperm. It 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 brought me. I was raised Catholic, so it brought me back to that uh, that that immense amount of shame that was placed in me at a young age about my personal sexuality and all of that. So it it, it I was watching him, and I'm like, oh, don't do it. I know what you think. Don't don't do the thing. I think <laughs> don't. And then and then of course he did. And then he lied really poorly, and everybody just kind of went for it. <laughs> like he was so guilty from the rip. Everybody's just like, Morty never lies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean it's true. He's built them credibility over these, these seasons. Um, yeah. Yeah. The Shot only me. real take I have on it is I thought this was a classic episode. I never thought about it in, in the Jason number Ace perspective that this may be the moment where it all falls down. But my notes on there is uh, one, Kathy Ireland, and two, Morty's a fucking snitch and can't hold a secret. That's, that's my take on that whole episode. He's a fucking snitch. Uh, <laughs> oh, also... I also, also I, the, the horses living underground, the subterranean Treads. horses. Um, it didn't occur to me, like, like watching it. I'm thinking, oh, they live underground. They must like run into caves like horses. And then they have that baby horse, and he immediately tunnels. And <laughs> they, that shit caught me off guard, made me laugh so hard. I'm like, yep, nope, that makes sense. They 100% tunnel if they're subterranean beings. I also liked uh, Summer's uh, B story where she keeps suggesting things, and then someone else takes credit for it. Oh yeah. And, like, <laughs> yes. And that's it's like, well, you're, a woman. you're a woman now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's Nancy uh, Reagan, this bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's look, Nancy Reagan, this bitch. That was an amazing good, line. Good misogyny and sexism, baby. Can't <laughs> have it any other way. Uh, all right, that will wrap up our geek and nerd news for now. Um, again, remember, check us out on Headcanon Circus everywhere. Facebook, YouTube, you name it. We're there. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and etc. Yeah, I mean, 
Even go to yeah, go to your my barber plays our show when I show up. Like I'm like, do you even play it when I'm not around? He goes, nah. Why do I, why would I do that? But when I show up <laughs> to the barber shop, he puts on YouTube and plays either the sports show or this show or uh, the music show. So shout out to my barber shop, uh, your barber's barber YBB out in Norcross, uh, Georgia. Look him up. My band Troy's out there. Uh, yes, shameless plug. Shameless, shameless plug. All right, let's jump right on into our reviews here. Now, I know we've been talking about for weeks now, probably months now, coming up with a rate or a rating system for the reviews. So we finally come up with some rating systems for the reviews. You know, five being great, one being nothing. Oh. But besides that, we are going to have things like, you know, a five review would be you should see this in the movie theaters. A, a four review would be rental, bootleg, or VOD. A three review would be wait for it on streaming, so your Netflix, your Hulus, etc. Uh, two review would be network TV, and a one review would be you can just not see this at all. So <laughs> that's going to be our new rating systems going on forward, and it's just just in time for the delicious debut of everybody's favorite athlete that we should have probably put on this list now. Nope. Mr. LeBron James <laughs> with Space Jam, The New Legacy. Looks like the Duke of Nerds is already shaking his head and is disgruntled. So let's let you begin. How did you feel about <laughs> this new entry into the echelon, the series that is Space Jam? So I'm going to get a lot of flack for this. I've already got, like, I mentioned this at work uh, <laughs> once. Uh, the first Space Jam isn't that good. <laughs> and Facts. this one isn't that good either. <laughs> But I, um, the the major, I guess, there, for me, it was entertaining enough. I did laugh out loud a few times. I was entertained. Um, but the main thing about me, this movie is like pretty much from the get go. They even kind of say this is that Warner Brothers does not know what to do with anything that it it owns. <laughs> it does not know how to handle any of its characters. It doesn't. It just doesn't. And. They basically say in the movie, like, oh, let's just send them to the rejects with the Looney Tunes, which basically built their company, <laughs> you know, and they're just treating them just like, here's, there it is, you know, <laughs> who cares? Um, LeBron James, his acting in this is completely terrible. It is worse than Michael Jordan's acting <laughs> in Space Jam. Wow. <laughs> and that was terrible. Um, I had a question real quick. Do you think he gets a pass because he made a self-referential joke about athletes not being able no, to No, just because you mentioned okay. it doesn't mean it. <laughs> okay, you can, okay. you can just do it. I'm sorry. Um, Don Cheadle, who's normally, you know, great in everything, is not very good in this, even though I think his his lines are the best. Like, I feel like this movie, like, they had some good writers in this movie. It's just, like, the acting and the delivery and was just not there for this. Um, whoever you got to do the voice acting for Bugs Bunny and most of the, the cast, like they should have gone back to like Billy West and like some of the other people that were in space, the first Space Jam, because their voices are just off to me. Um, I mean, I, guess I haven't listened to Bugs Bunny in 15 years, but it just didn't seem like Bugs Bunny to me. And also, there was no reason for Zendaya to be Lola Bunny. Like, can they not have found a voice actor of color that, you know, like this is like this is the kind of movie that you want like your voice actors. It's fucking Looney Tunes. You want your voice actors to shine, and this is like a passable Bugs Bunny impersonation, like that. But other than that, it was 
moderately enjoyable. I like the little basketball game at the end and like how it, you know, factored into the Suns, you know, programming. Which also brings me to another thing is that I hate how video games like or not video games, how movies like make people's passion in video games like seem like it's stupid. A bad thing. Like at this point, video games, I guess like movies like taking digs at video games because they make more money than them, like annually by far, like by billions of dollars. <laughs> like video games make hundreds of billions of dollars more per year than movies do. <laughs> and it's like, that's a viable career that people can have. You can program video games and make a lucrative life out of that. You can even play video games and make a career out of that. Like, this whole, like, oh, that's not a real thing. Stop doing that, please. <laughs> it is a real thing, Grandpa. <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll, I guess we'll do the whole review, What whether we recommend this thing or not. Or do we want to do Yes. <laughs> no, we'll do it at the end. We'll do it at the end. Okay, uh, Jared, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure your feelings are pretty well met. But Jared, go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, this was, this was, it was a paint by numbers. Nothing overly offensive, nothing overly great. It Middle of the fucking road. But that's a shame for how much money and talent they put into it, especially with like Don Cheadle and, and, and the creativity behind a lot of it. I don't know when this was written. Uh, because there were like three Game of Thrones references. Like, yeah, they they write this either having not watched season eight or they write this like six years ago. But also, um, who is this for? Like, what kids can be like, that's a Game of Thrones reference. Yeah, they put <laughs> <laughs> Yo, they dropped into Mad Max. I'm like, yeah. what the fucking reference is this? And it's live action Mad Max too. I'm like, whoa, kids aren't going to get this. Also, the gremlins show up. I'm like, whoa, kids aren't. It must be for the parents. Uh, very beginning, the thing that threw my first note on it is uh, poor kids don't throw away Game Boys. Yeah. I mean, that that was the thing to have back then. So at the like very least, time. if he was going to focus on his game, he would sell that shit. His mom, he had a single mom working double shifts and can never go to his game. And he has an $80 device and he's going to chuck it in the garbage. The fuck out of here. The fuck out of <laughs> here. Um <laughs> Clearly, Michael Burnham got into a transporter accident, ended up time displaced on Earth, and uh, decided to cozy up with an athlete because she was killing it as uh, the mom loved it. But the but entire like, time, lines, yeah, <laughs> the entire time she was given that like that hard Michael Burnham, Captain Burnham stare into the camera, and I'm like, oh, there <laughs> she is. <laughs> Rick and Morty show up, pulling us back to the last thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hilarious still like who what kid's gonna get that reference what child is watching rick and morty oh, if you, all the kids, kids are watching rick and morty you're a bad parent all the, kids, all the kids are watching rick and morty absolutely same thing when we were watching you know beavis and butthead and shit like that back in the day same same fucking thing uh now who's the old man <laughs> I, guess um, <laughs> I, I had an issue uh with everybody getting transported in their phones what about all those motherfucking people that watch shit on their phones while they're driving. Like how many deaths they're occurred dead. from this fucking game? <laughs> like people just disappearing while behind the wheel of their car, you know, cause they were, <laughs> I was like, Oh God, there's people getting zapped in their phones. People are dying left, right and center. Uh, the Michael B. Jordan. You think Al G rhythm cares about that? <laughs> <laughs> you, you thought that was his concern? <laughs> oh, I don't want to give any, you know, vehicle, vehicular homicide yeah. death. So I didn't care about that. <laughs> it's fair. I did. Uh, there was one little, little. There's a lot of references in the background, a lot. But I did, I did like the one that stood out for me, and the, the only one I'll talk about. I love that they gave 
my my people Yakko, Wacko, and Dot some love. They were chilling out on top of the spaceship, Marvin the Martian spaceship, and they gave them the full 3D treatment. So even though they were background and they didn't have a single line, they were 3D models that were rigged and animated, and I thought that was fantastic because those guys are dope. I love the Animaniacs. So. And right. yeah, it was a good movie, it, but it wasn't great. It was it it serviced what it did. It was okay. paper for numbers. Um, but unlike Jason Number Eight, I thought LeBron's acting was better than MJ's. I don't know. Let's <laughs> say so you watched Space Jam. I watched it recently with the girls because they actually like Space Jam. And Michael <laughs> Jordan's horrendous. I mean, LeBron James is bad. Michael Jordan's horrendous. <laughs> like <He's> bad, <laughs> horrendous in, in Space Jam One. Um. I did like all the family drama before all the tune stuff happened. I think I mentioned that to Jaren. I yeah. genuinely was intrigued with this family drama. Like, all jokes besides LeBron's acting, I was like, oh, man, this sucks for this kid that his pops don't understand how good of a fucking programmer he is because look what he just created on his fucking, like... So, yes, I was way more intrigued with that even when they went to the meeting and LeBron's not impressed and the son's like, no, this is dope. Like, well, like... I wish they just didn't even. I wish this was called LeBron James Jam because I'd rather just watch all that and I don't care nothing about the basketball game. LeBron too. James is a bad parent jam. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so the other part about this is that I don't know if this was a directional or director or a LeBron thought process or a he was trying to be meta. And I'll probably, as because I didn't want to read or watch any other reviews of it, so I'll probably figure this question out more now because I've already had my opinion down. But they showcased it, all the things that LeBron haters literally say about LeBron in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how is LeBron doing this? Like, you're doing a movie after MJ, and everybody criticizes you about these things while you're not as good as MJ, and you put it in the movie to show why you're not as good as MJ. MJ took the ragtag two group and was like, Nah, this is what I got. Let's go ball. Hey, we're going to pretend like you got magic water that makes you great. They inspire them. LeBron James in this movie literally tried to pick a super team, which is one of his criticisms, by trying to get Superman and King Kong and the Iron Giant, which is criticism. LeBron James literally was pouty when he was losing by a lot of points and even gave the on like at halftime, like that was like the thing to do. Uh, LeBron James literally argued and complained to the referees while the play in action was going on instead of getting back and helping his teammates. LeBron James literally was the GM of the team and was like, nah, you in, you out, blah, blah, blah. All the things that we criticize LeBron about that we say that MJ's better because he never did. LeBron did in this movie as if it was like, this is okay because this is what we do. What in the good goddamn is wrong with him? Like, you're making a movie off the guy that you're chasing. You don't feed the sharks by saying, hey, yeah, it really is. This is how I act because all that stuff that LeBron stands defend me about, uh, I shouldn't waste your breath because really I do do this. I, I do make super teams. I do complain to the refs. I do get pouty. I don't get my way. And if I start losing, <laughs> sorry, guys, it's in the movie now. So we know this is true. Jesus Christ, LeBron. Why was that? Who, who, why did your agent go, hey, LeBron, we probably need to help rewrite this script because we can't have you looking like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So going to my, pro, my pros to talk about the family drama. I did enjoy seeing the DC, the WB worlds, not actually when they went in them, but just seeing the whole graphic of them flying through the worlds and whatever. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, LeBron James actually felt like he wasn't taking himself that serious in the movie, which I thought was kind of fun, except for the fact all the criticisms. And my pros is definitely Michael B. Jordan. Great, uh, you know, 
Great, 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 great. That was a great <laughs> yeah, my, my, my cons in there, besides all the stuff you guys mentioned in there, it was like a long commercial for WP and WB IPs and LeBron James shoes. Like every chance they got, they would show an IP from WB or they would show LeBron James shoes. The other thing I hated was that all the people in the crowd looked like they were cosplayers, not the real characters they were supposed to be. Oh, so it was guys that were like from Comic Con and they were like, hey, you want to be in Space Jam too? They're like, well, yeah, come on down. Just be energetic and yell and scream and yep. come on in I, here. And I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised, Jason, that Michael B. Jordan is a pro and not a con for you. And how much you don't <laughs> like Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> because Michael B. Jordan was way better acting than what we had seen in the whole movie. So I was like, all right, I can take it. I can take it. And I'm sorry. And that's what my last con of it was like, Don Cheadle, you must have did this as a favor for LeBron. It's no other way. Because Don Cheadle's been on the shop, LeBron's show. It had to be a favor for LeBron. Or the check must have been humongous. It must have been big. <laughs> you, I can't watch no Sutton moves now. You've ruined that for me, Don Cheadle, after this movie. You have Don ruined Cheadle's that for so me. good, but he's just Thank so you. bad in this movie. It, it, it's awesome. almost as like they didn't even get the green and blue screen right because his even interactions with the things around him was so jacked up. It was like, no, we got, oh, you got to play defense. Oh, why do you do And I'm like, who is he talking to? He's not looking <laughs> at the people. He's just looking out in the space. And they just, it, anyway. As I digress because I was getting riled up again, like the Arnold conversation. Uh, let's go on to our rating situations here. Uh, Jason, hold on, hold number eight. Oh, yeah. What are you going to rate this? All right. I, I'm going to rate this as, you know, uh, what is this? Streaming. What is this? A three? You can stream yes. it. You can pirate it. You can, you can, don't pay money for it. Don't do that. <laughs> do not pay money. Do not go see this in the theaters. It's a three at best. Uh yeah, it's passable. It's passable, but don't pay money for it. No, three. All right, Jaren. <laughs> it's available if you have HBO Max. It's available for free. Uh, yeah, just just stream it. Uh, yeah. Apparently, LeBron is also a Hufflepuff. That they cram that in there. Not true. Yeah, he's totally a Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I mean that in the most derogatory way possible. I was gonna say Slytherin oh, wow. are really smart. I don't. Know. <laughs> right um i'm probably gonna go and i'm only i'm a greatness on the curve because i feel like this wasn't made for me at all so i am probably gonna go a three yeah like you can wait to stream it. and i'm going with jason number eight bootleg it stream it pull out dust off your lime wire go ahead and <laughs> download it on down have a you good time with that one you use a lime wire yeah, you won't find a seed on LimeWire. It'll be the only thing showing up on LimeWire Look, servers. It'll be like, whoa. They only will come to your door to be like, dude, really? LimeWire? Yeah. <laughs> like, we have to arrest you. Just really? because just you're in one <laughs> <laughs> And the only reason I graded on the curve is because I did give Fast 9 a favorable, uh, a favorable rating because it wasn't for me either. And I said it was a cartoon. This literally was a cartoon. And it wasn't for me, so yeah. I don't really know who this movie is for in the first place. If it's not for nostalgia guys like us, and it's definitely yeah. not for kids because all the jokes are for nostalgia guys. I just don't know who this is supposed to be marketed to. But oh, for kids, my kids fucking loved it. They right, my kid loved it. They didn't. They didn't get enjoyed all the jokes. it, but he didn't get half the jokes. When Michael B. Jordan showed up, he's like, "Who's that?" I'm like, "Oh, that's." I had to explain it to him. But then again, I got to explain, you know, who Michael Jordan was to him too. So right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. My <laughs> kids loved it. Like, yeah, a lot of the jokes that we looked at, they didn't, they didn't care or want to get at all. So it didn't really matter. Um, 
let's go on to a palate cleanser then. Let's jump right on into uh, Gunpowder Milkshake. Uh, let's go ahead and start with you, Jaren. What are your thoughts okay. on Gunpowder Milkshake? Oh, Gunpowder Milkshake. <laughs> okay. Um, I I enjoyed it. Uh, overall, I enjoyed it. Um, all the all the actresses that play the the librarians, uh, I fucking loved. I love the concept of it. Um, uh, well, what's her? What's the main actress's name? Karen Gillian. Uh, Karen Gillian. Mm -hmm. I was trying to say Gillian something. Yeah, Karen Gillian. Maybe it's Gillian. Um, I can't. <laughs> That's hard. G. <laughs> yeah. All the fights were fun and good. Um, but that first fight in the gutter ball thing, I there was a failure at some point. Either Karen Gillian can't is, is too lanky to like effectively fight, or there was bad directing, or the fight choreographer was sick that day. <laughs> One of those three things occurred. It didn't bother me for the rest of the movie, and it's it, it was a big fucking like point at the very beginning of the movie. I'm like Oh God, I hope she doesn't fight like this the whole movie because this is kind of embarrassing for her. Um, she was lanky, she didn't look coordinated, and every time it was they were they were doing wide shots, they were pulling out for it. So it was very obvious and they weren't cutting with the motion. I again it may have been a failure of three things altogether. I don't know. But the rest of the scenes were better. They were more gun focused and less her throwing stuff than and swinging her arms around. So maybe that helped. Uh, I, I laughed out loud uh, at the end of that sequence where she staked a vampire <laughs> in the chest. Like he had a he had a Dracula mask on and she straight up used a, a, a broken broom handle, just stuck him in the heart. I was like, that's fantastic. Um, uh, that 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 thug trio that was sent after him answers the question. Bone hits. Yeah. What, what would Mario look like if he was a real person? That. <laughs> I was like, I'm having flashbacks to Super Mario Brothers Super Show with that wrestler. I was, <laughs> I was about to say, I'm like, didn't we already get that question answered with Luau <laughs> yeah. Lu, Lu, Lu Bang? Luau Bang? Yeah. Okay, go continue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, the the la that big last fight sequence in the library was, it was okay, but it ramped up considerably when Discount Thor showed up and uh, and swung his hammer around a lot. But at that point, it like took off. I uh, They hit the emotional points where they're cutting to the other librarians in the two different rooms and they're, you know, making progress. I just, uh, I genuinely enjoyed it. And I, and I, there was an emotional sadness for me when the soft spoken, big hearted librarian, you know, dies. So I, I so it, it got me at some level. I enjoyed it. It was a fun romp. I absolutely loved the, uh, the DP and the director's uh, color palette choice. Uh, ironically, that's that's a bonus that I give for two things we're talking about today, because it also was in, impactful and amazing in uh, Fear Street. But the they they did a lot of interesting things with like some neons and stuff like that, and some good color choices in it. Uh, I really, 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 I, I yeah, I, th this is more than good. It's great, but it's not perfect because of that initial fight sequence. They, it, I was waiting. After that, my my I like started tuning in to all the directorial choices and started watching for something that would give me an idea of what where the failure was. And so that took me out of the movie a little bit. Also, the entire time I thought, Jason, your daughter could have played the little girl <laughs> role 
Like the whole it's time, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I don't have to destroy this. It was awesome. But uh, yeah, I, uh, uh, the emotion was there. The action was there, except the first fight. And uh, the characters were great. I absolutely loved it. So yeah, big fan. Thumbs up. Um, I'll jump in and we'll end with you, Duke. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm here for it. Women flexing their muscles. I made this, this movie is the movie. I always say these movies are kind of made for me. They are, they give me the noir feel, which I love. They give me the action scene feel, which I love. They give me badass like set pieces and fight and action scenes that I'm definitely in favor of the, I want to say, I guess the phrase that I'm going to use for this review is lesser degree. It felt like they tried to channel some of the noir feel of Tarantino movies to a lesser degree. It felt like they were using some of the music that Tarantino and Edgar Wright would use to a lesser degree. They felt like the color work, like you talked about, was very Edgar Wright to a lesser degree. And the fight choreography and pulling out the camera, please say it with me. It felt everything too. A lesser degree. <laughs> yes, yes. And so even a slow-mo felt like Zack Snyder to a lesser degree. <laughs> like it, it, it that's what it felt like to me. And I'm not taking away from me. This is on Netflix. So to yeah. a certain degree, we have to realize that okay. Netflix is not going to get the same budget as if it would have been on the big screen to that de- to to a lesser degree. Uh so going with this, I disagree with the first fight choreograph scene. I liked it. But I think my perspective on it was different from yours. And that's why I think maybe I liked it. Because when I first saw it, I admit it felt kind of, hey, I need to be here and put up the book bag. And then I need to duck because of nothing. And then Santa, like it did feel like she was in her head doing it. But then my other part of me that watches a bunch of movies and kung fu flicks and all that thought to myself that initially they weren't really trying to hurt each other. So I felt like she was starting off like, sparring they were sparring with each other and then finally that's when you start getting to the cuts when they start really hurting each other you start getting the camera cuts where the, that opening you know when they just pan out i felt like it was like maybe he was like yeah he told us not to you like, oh you didn't bring the guns blah, blah blah he goes yeah he told us not to rough you up too much so i felt like they were like not really going 100 percent. why i felt kind of stilted and that's just my head cannon in it take it for what it's worth it, it could be complete utter bullshit that's what i felt like because again once they started going away from the full pan, the cutscene action did feel more brutal and did feel more in the moment. So that's why I kind of felt like that's what was going on there. It's either they're here nor there. Um, I do love all the small, small, slight references in there that a lot of things that people might not have caught. Angela Bass's character being named Anna Mae. Anybody who's watched Was Love Got to Do With It? Tina Turner, her name was Anna Mae. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, <laughs> Lena Headley having this flipping shotgun. She played Sarah Connor in the uh, the TV show. Most iconic gun in Terminator series besides the fucking uh, huge-ass gun Arnold puts the out in two to spray everybody yeah. down is the flipping shotgun. <laughs> I thought that was like, uh, thank you for doing that for me. Um, knife guns are very handy. Another pro I have in there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did feel like, again, the word of it is to a lesser degree, it felt like they were trying to take Tarantino's The Bride, Beatrix Kiddo, Bruce Lee, and mixing in a little bit of um, John Wick, uh, the driver for uh, I can't think of his name now, uh, Ryan Gosling from Drive. Wow. I felt like they were trying to mix all this character together to make this woman this hodgepodge version of this woman. I didn't mm-hmm. mind it. I enjoyed it very much. Um, this movie, like I told you guys, I text you guys. I feel like this is the 
the sequel that Shoot 'Em Up should have would have been that just never got made. And I think if Shoot 'Em Up and if John Wick had a love child, this movie is what would have come out of the, the body of that, I guess, woman, man, whatever. Uh, so, and then the, the last thing I did love is um, the handicap fight scene is just technically for a fight choreographer, a thing of beauty. To make something yeah, that's that ridiculous but still <laughs> believable is a thing. Because, again, at any moment, this thing could have gotten so silly that you'd be like, oh, bullshit. But it right. stayed right on that edge of corny, silly, but realistic enough that you would buy into this. Hmm. And I thought that that's very, very hard to do. As a guy that watches a bunch of kung fu and action movies, like I probably watch that maybe as much as I watch horror movies. That is very hard to set up a scene or something to make that kind of believable and functional enough that you could kind of think that this could be a possibility in this goofy kind of movie. The only cons I got is that uh, I can't marry Karen Gillum. Other than that, I don't got much cons in the way of it because I feel like this movie knew what it was and it executed on what it was. Oh, yeah, to a lesser degree. All right, Jason, hey, <laughs> what do you got for us? <laughs> I would, I would kind of agree with you, Jason, um, that... I, I okay, so for me, I enjoyed this movie, but I couldn't help but being a little bit disappointed because I wanted, I guess, I wanted more from it than it was willing mm. to give. Um, for first, firstly, like I thought the first, like, part of my the first act of the movie was pretty boring. Um, especially like as that uh bowling alley scene fight scene, I was like, yeah, she doesn't know how to do her choreography at all. <laughs> uh, it picks up. In the hospital, and I thought that was a lot of fun, but I guess I just wanted like more outlandish characters to kind of like set up all these characters to kind of be like really outlandish, but they weren't as they're just kind of like to a lesser degree, as Jason would say. <laughs> like even those three henchmen guys, like like the the way like they were kind of introduced, you're like, okay, these guys are gonna be like characters, they're gonna be like wacky kind of or something, but mm-hmm. you know, they just end up getting high and getting killed <laughs> and <laughs> that doctor. And a, fun sequence but it was just like there was nothing to them and there was really nothing to any of like the any of the antagonists they're like they were just kind of like fodder for her to and her friends to slaughter i guess um nondescript like, men yeah <laughs> i did like the library uh i did like all the, the characters inside of that um yeah the uh, little girl was precocious and i loved how she kept saying i'm her apprentice like He's a murderer, dude. Yeah, off the rip. <laughs> off the rip. She's like, I'm her apprentice. And everybody's like, okay. Miss having a kid oh, around the library. What? Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh. like, we miss that. <laughs> and I love the fact, like, all like the feminist books were the ones that had guns in them. <laughs> yeah. And, like, based on the book was what type of gun you were going to get. <laughs> and I thought that was pretty fun and clever. Um, I enjoy, like, the very few scenes with Paul Giamatti, like he played the right amount of like, I got to do what I got to do. And I'm sorry for doing this, right. but also I kind of really don't care. <laughs> so like, <laughs> I don't want to do this, but this is kind of my job. So sorry. And so I like, I kind of like that kind of like villain. Who's like, this is kind of a pain in the ass. I'm going to have to try to have you killed. It's all business, but I really, really don't want to. I know you're probably going to come and kill me. like i know i'm gonna lose this but i have to do it because that's what i expected to be and i kind of like that sort of thing but uh yeah i just i just wanted more from this movie i guess i like especially 
you know, you're comparing it to shoot up, which was really outlandish and really out there. It was basically like, uh, it was literally Bugs Bunny as a murderer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that was literally what shoot 'em up was, and I really, I, I, I guess I kind of expected that from. Him. So if it was a love child between shoot 'em up and John Wick, you know, it would be the one that they probably gave up for adoption because they were like. <laughs> <laughs> It, it was their princess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but other All than right, that, well, it, was good. it was it was an enjoyable movie, guys. I think. Okay, well, let's go ahead and give our ratings, Jaren. Your rating on Gunpowder Milkshake. Does it have a theatrical release? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Okay, then. Uh, I mean, if if down the road you can support the art by buying it on Blu-ray, I think it'll be a fun Blu-ray, and I think it'll probably have some fun behind the scenes stuff. So if you can find a way to spend money on it and support the art, I endorse it. All right. Jason, number a, yeah, I would agree with Jaren. If you could put some money into it so that people like this can make more movies, that would be great. So I guess that's a two, you know, you, you know, rent it, VOD, put some money, put some, some, some time into it. Yeah. It's good. It's, you won't be, dis- I mean, you won't be horribly disappointed. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm at a, a 3.5. Like, do it on streaming, but if you got opportunity to rent it because you want to see it right now, go ahead and check it out and see it right now. I, I think it's great. And if you are into that, this genre mashup type of film, it, it does itself justice on that one. All right, and let's go on to our last review of the day. We're going to talk about uh, Fear Street on Netflix, R.L. Stein's Fear Street. Parts one through three. So we're just going to wrap up the whole trilogy and want to talk around. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and jump right into it. I'm, I mean, this is good for the YT crowd. It's enjoyable. The story didn't unfold very creatively. I thought it was, it fit very well and it wasn't twisty for the point of being twisty. I thought the characters, especially the ones in the 94 and even going like the older uh, 19, you know, what it was 1666, what thought really good. 80s, 80s one, just the characters didn't really vibe with me a lot, but I think that's just maybe because I've seen too many slashes in my life and I've seen this kind of spoof of the slasher fit be done way better, so it didn't feel that great to me. Um, I did feel like they hit all the tropes, but I couldn't figure out the tone that this, this is trying to do. Or they're trying to do a kind of spoof of the tropes, but keep it serious, or is it supposed to be a straight parody? I couldn't get the tone as much. It like Either you're going to go cabin in the woods with it, where you're going to have all the tropes, or if you're going to be, like we talked about the movie The Final Girls. Like, it has the tropes, but it's taking the, the material serious. I couldn't find the tone that this was trying to give me. Like, I kept feeling like a couple of times it was very, oh yeah, this is just tongue-in-cheek because it's a slasher. And then sometimes it was like, no, this is serious. We got to figure out this mystery. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I just, so for me, I just that's what kind of took me out of it because I didn't know if I was supposed to be laughing with this or actually feeling for these characters because they were doing so much character development, but then they were giving them goofy stuff to do. So <laughs> it just kind of always threw me off a little bit there. Um, definitely in the, the 1666, you can see the limitations of the budget because I did feel like they were just on a complete set. Uh, just like, <laughs> hey, found this field. <laughs> Put up house real quick, like it felt that way. It didn't feel like a lived-in world. Let me just say, maybe it's the best way to explain that. Um, but a, a lot of things were to like about it. 
I thought 1666, the part three, was the most suspenseful out of all of them. I thought just how they let that story develop was very, very clean, very sharp. Oh, I did like um, 94's story as well. Again, the 80s one I thought was just paint by numbers. Hold on, hold um, on. Start 1666, start that over again. I lost you. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying 1666 part was very, very good. I thought, like, again, it was the most suspense, suspenseful part of all of three parts. I thought 94 was cool just because we didn't know what the concept was going to be. Um, part two, I think, again, I think two was the weakest one for me, I think. And I don't know if it's because Old Girl from Stranger Things is trash to me or <laughs> because they, I, I don't know. I don't know what You're I have. Just I, against redheads. <laughs> I love redheads. That's like my favorite type of woman. But I just, I don't know. It just, I felt like it just did not work for me for uh, the, the 80s one, which is part two. But all in all, I enjoyed it, man. I, I, I mean, some of my notes here is, let's be honest, putting <laughs> them as the leading characters is a very bold move there, Cotton. Uh, <laughs> the, bro- <laughs> the brother was my favorite character out of all of them. Like He, he was like, he fit the trope of the, the nerdy guy that knows all the things, and he did it very, very well, which was pretty cool. And, I mean, he gives us the Contra in, in Castlevania video game code reference. You, you got to love him at that point. That's completely utter everything 90s. Uh, the only thing I didn't buy was, I forgot what song he was listening to. I'm like, no black kid. He was listening to was White Zombie in '94. Yeah. Yeah. No black yeah. dude in the history of black dudes listened to White Zombie in '94. Thank you. Like this is the thing I said. I was like, that's I, unbelievable. And if you were, <laughs> please let me know so we can be friends. But like, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I did. I did enjoy this about part two. Uh, homeboy going Anakin Skywalker was very enjoyable for me. Um, for those who watch it, know he slaughters a bunch of kids in it, which was great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, takes them all out. But other than that, man, my only con really is just I couldn't get into the vibe of part two, but I, I enjoyed it. I got to watch it with my daughter, so that was even more a better experience as well. Had to kind of like go past some certain parts, but other than that, we enjoyed it. <laughs> what you got for me, Jaron? <clears throat> so the move, the move, the first one starts out, uh. Evil kid, slashy, slashy, shot in the head, pans to the person that shot him. And I'm like, damn, the Wonder Years must have wore off. I thought that was fucking, what's his face? Fred Savage. Fred Savage, and that he was looking rough. And then when it cuts back to him later, I'm like, they switched the actors out mid-movie? What happened? And I rewound it. I was like, oh, it's, it's just not him. Okay. Um, <laughs> So this whole thing, uh, uh, I enjoyed the shit out of this. I watched, I was telling them earlier, I watched, I, I set out to watch one and then I was going to watch maybe two and then give it a day and watch three. I ended up just binging all the way through, sat on my ass for six hours, um, just watching it all. Um, that being said, uh, the uh, this, this backstory of this class war that's going on between, you know, Shadyville and Sunnyside or whatever it is, um, Right, right, right. It was really (laughs) elementary. It was really, really basic. It they didn't. There was no nuance to it. It was the the quote unquote haves and have nots, um, and it was there was a constant shitting on the the shady side uh, by these you know rich white kids. And and in the seventies, they bring it up like all, all the all the Sunnyville people are like, Ew, we don't do drugs, that's dirty. I don't, man, I grew up around a bunch of privileged white kids. Those motherfuckers did more drugs than anybody. So that's some bullshit right there. I just didn't feel genuine. Uh, 
Whoa, 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 Jaren. It was the 90s. Only black people were doing drugs, evidently. <laughs> yeah, you know what the right, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> You know, right. three strikes right. and you're out, Clinton. <laughs> yeah. Um uh they that they didn't need to drown that girl in the first episode because they put seven fucking epipens directly into her heart. That bitch's heart would have exploded <laughs> out of her chest. Like, I mean, <laughs> what were they thinking? It was I was like, I'm watching them just continually run through them. I'm like, she's gonna do one of those things where she wakes up screaming, you know, and yeah, <laughs> and then die from a heart attack. And it just didn't happen. So uh, I had to check her age. I had mentioned this. I had to check her age to make sure I wasn't like a creep. But the main character, Dina. Man, she ticks all the boxes. She is a smoke <laughs> show, and she is 28, so I'm allowed. Uh, it's fine. Um, <laughs> I'm uh, glad you were worried about that. <laughs> I would, yeah, I would, I, you know, because she plays like a high schooler, so I had to, I had to make sure. Uh, people in this movie, the one the one issue I had, uh, the action was great, story was great. I loved, I loved how they brought it all together. It was a little weird when they were saying, oh, the third episode is going to be time travel. I'm like, well, that doesn't really jive with what's going on right now. But it wasn't. It was in a different way. It was experiencing the life of another. So that's fine. Um, people are shaking off fucking gut stab wounds in this fucking movie. Yeah. Left, right and center. People are they are just fine with taking <laughs> fucking metal into the fucking into their into the gut, <laughs> which is like normally that will kill you that like slowly you. and painfully. <laughs> Ooh, that'll stop you. You ain't you ain't you ain't tracking her back to the village and grabbed her by the hair and saying you found the witch after she fucking put a shiv this big into your fucking belly. It I no, sorry, ain't happening. She got cut. Uh our 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 friend, the nerdy uh the nerdy brother uh exposition lad, he got cut like straight across the belly. I mean, I, everybody's just like taking it like a champ, and I'm like I'm watching it, I'm like, and I I loved I loved the uh all of the incarnations of the killers. I wanted to see more of that creepy little kid with the mask in the back. <laughs> now I know that all these guys would have just straight up booted him across the room, but I kind of wanted to see that too. <laughs> yeah, you get a, cl- a, a, a small clip of him. I think like bashing his parents in bed well, or something. While there's like a small yeah. clip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then him just banging on the uh, on the on the the candy machine in the mall later. <laughs> Like took some headshots though, so there you go. Because yeah. if he had run up on somebody, they would have straight booted his ass like three hundred. Sidekick kick to the chest, and his ass would have flown. But <laughs> but I still like. No, I loved it. Uh, very interesting how they. I, I also like how they figured out how to like kind of corral them with the blood. Like I dug that. I love it, and I like how they 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 set up those rules. And even though. You knew that's how it was going to go down. Like it still was tense every time they were very close to the blood like trails, and the people were just like like within arms of reach of them, and they're like, you like I was I'm sitting there going right along with them. I was like, don't 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 get them, don't reach out. I also would have been a little further from that door until they got into the place, and then I would have kind of I creeped up, but they were like just chilling right there. Uh, yeah, uh, good is evil, hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, amusing. <laughs> but yeah, no. Uh, overall, uh, genuinely enjoyed it. Was surprised how much I enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, no. I uh, of course, of course, a lesbian in sixteen sixty six is going to be a witch. I mean, obviously, <laughs> Satan's got your hand, his hands on you. <laughs> so. Dude, there's people Actually, out here who think lesbians now are witches. I mean, that's, that's, right, right. Let's be honest. Wait, honestly, like, have we put them in the water? Do they float? Yeah, the, 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 <laughs> they the, 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 the witch. 
the, the good is evil line is like the <laughs> culmination of like how I couldn't figure out the tone. Like she says it to her brother in the woods, and like right. she said it so deadly serious. I'm like, yeah. but it's kind of funny that like, <laughs> but it was no, it was just, and I'm like, I don't get the tone of this. Like, what what are they looking for? <laughs> I guess it's ahead. like kind of like how slashy movies are, where they're kind of like a little bit funny, but also a little bit serious. Like even like Friday the Thirteenth, you know, uh, Halloween. They always have like like these stupid like cheesy stuff that happens in them, but you know, it's still like. This dude's coming to, to, you know, rip your head off with his bare hands and spit down the hole. Or if oh, yeah, that the, kid part did. of that is like they they take those slasher movies in the movie dead serious. We laugh because it's just ridiculous, like the decisions they make. Like in this one, like they relatively made smart decisions. Yeah, like a good number of the time. But it was like I, I don't know, and then maybe it was just me. Maybe I did, but I'm gonna let you go ahead, Jason. Like I, I just felt like I oh. couldn't get the tone. <laughs> <laughs> I I I enjoy this thoroughly. I I loved the fact that the uh, main character was uh, uh, a person of the uh, bike pot community. Um, I uh, it was I I enjoyed this. This was fun. This is this is great. I I I normally don't get get down with horror movies, but I do like slashes. I love how this was like taking all the slasher tropes and kind of like modernizing them in a, in a kind of a way. Um, I enjoy how you know the kids were pretty stupid to begin with, but then they're like, "We got to figure this shit out," and like they did. <laughs> they were like, well, they came up with plans and tried to execute them, and sometimes their plans went awry because they didn't really understand what they were up against. But they had plans and they tried to figure it out. And at one point, the girl was like, "Yo, all they're just coming after me, so I'll just sacrifice myself." And and they were like, "And that was a good good plan." And they were like, "No, we're not going to happen." Um, I would have taken off my blood cover T-shirt before I would have got my head pushed through a bread slicer, but <laughs> facts. But someone yep, had yep, to yep. die. I enjoyed the twist that you know the cop was behind it the whole entire time. I feel like that's relevant because a cab motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so I enjoyed that. That was like you know the whole entire time it wasn't. You know, the witch, it was this dude who had did it and was blaming it on, you know, and had been blaming on the witch the whole entire time, but it wasn't her because she was just and I also like the fact that like in the sixteen sixty six one that, you know, the guy that she was, you know, treating kindly and you know, helping out after his wife had died and kid had died was the bad guy. <laughs> I mm-hmm. I thought that was a pretty cool like little thing. So yeah. Yeah, like um I, I I think the tone was for me was was great. I think it 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 was uh, slasherific. It was just like kind of like a, the tone of any other slasher movie, which you know was fine. Um, I I enjoyed you know the end where the you know they figured out everybody what was really happening and what they needed to do, and yeah, it was really it was. I was looking forward to this each week, so I I had a lot of fun with this, and I would not have put my head through that. Bread slicer, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there were a couple um, things also, that, that kid should not have been listening to White Zombie. I mean, like he should <laughs> yes, be listening yes. to like Tupac or or, or yes, Biggie. Or, so or, yeah, or yeah, Biggie yeah. At that time, yeah. some of that. Yeah, I, you know, and then gradually, you know, found his way to White Zombie. I would have like as soon as I kind of figured, like halfway through it, I guess halfway through the first episode, first movie you realize that uh, you can't kill these things, but like as soon as like I got in my head when they, they come up with a brilliant idea to trap them in the mall, like behind the cages, 
I had I had already been there. I was like, why don't they go to the town sheriff's department and put themselves in a cell and just go, just wait, it's coming. It'll be a weird thing that you can't kill that'll keep getting up, and then everyone will know what the fuck is up. Like I, I would have been like, let's get the army involved, let's get everybody involved. Now, granted, sheriff was the bad sheriff guy, was <laughs> but I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like these things can be beat by just being in a place that a human can't get to. <laughs> by a locked door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they can hack through wooden doors, but they, they ain't getting into a jail cell. <laughs> or getting out of one if you can trick them in. But yeah, I feel like this will be one of those things that maybe in a few years, like kind of like Scream, people will be like, oh, this was the, the jam. Mm. You know, maybe not our generation because we'll be dead by then, but you know, Gen oh, Zers. <laughs> in 20 oh, years, we'll all be dead. <laughs> I mean, you really, you really like this one way more than than I, um, I mean, I just, I just, think like, you know, I think about like the first scream, you know, like that was a really enjoyable movie, but like it wasn't for you know 15 years before people were like really saying, oh yeah, scream was revolutionary, you know, no, like they were just excited. I feel like that was that Wes Craven that came back, yeah. I feel like scream was like that moment was like the opening sequence of scream put it like this is revolutionary because it was like a huge meta horror movie that played on the fact that like all the people in this universe had seen horror movies and was like hey don't do this because that's fucking stupid because we've seen horror movies like i think scream got his respect when it came out like i i don't remember uh, it, like i remember seeing it in the theater thinking oh shit this is crazy like well i mean i don't know I, maybe i was in a different maybe you're in a different spot because i was further north and maybe we respect horror differently there but I don't think it took like 50 years for Scream to be like, oh, yeah, this was important. Like, I feel like that was felt to be important right off the rip. Watching Scream 2 and going, oh, that guy. I can't wait for him to be a, a deputy U.S. marshal, Raylan Givens, later on. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's go to the ratings. Duke of Nerds, what do you rate, what do you rate this uh, uh, series? I feel like uh, this is a, uh, a must-see. I think it's an, a one. Is that one? One's good, right? I feel like it's a one. Five, five. Yeah, five is a good one. Five is good. Well, then five. <laughs> yes, there you Four, go. Five, five. Fine, five. <laughs> Whatever the thing oh. is. Whatever the must-see is. I feel, like, I feel like if you like horror movies and stuff like that, especially slashers, this is something that you should definitely take a, take your time out to watch. At least, you yeah. know, the first one and the third one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jaren, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I'll give it a 4.5. Uh, I think it's... Uh, I read a lot of R.L. Stein back in the day, and this, Me this, too. yeah, this is a. They did a really good job of kind of like jacking up the maturity quotient for this one. There's a lot more blood, there's a lot more sex, there's a lot more drug use than I remember in those books when I was in. Like, there were never none of that in Goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, I, I I highly recommend it. It's a phenomenal trilogy, and there's always has to be one that's the lesser in the three, and. Uh, I think we all agree it's it's probably two. So, but uh, still worth watching for the setup. And oh, it's Britta from Community. Hooray! Yeah, she's always right. Fun. Right, right. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give this a four. Give it a strong four. Definitely, if you want to. I mean, yes, it's streaming, but VOD rental status. Go to your local blockbuster. Go and rip this out. <laughs> take it out. Uh, <laughs> I'm you gonna got give a little it a blockbuster. That <laughs> big VHS brick. <laughs> Yep, yep, yep. Um, which is funny that I'm the horror guy and I ranked it lower than everybody on the show. So shame on me, Jason. Shame on me. I have to lose yeah. my horror credentials then, maybe. That, you that actually card might be 
that might be indicative of of that actually might be good for people because if they're hardcore horror fans, they might not be as into it as me. Me and Jason Number A aren't big horror fans. Like my favorite horror movie is like Cabin in the Woods, and that's because it's mostly a witty joke fest. So. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so maybe the rating is absolutely right. Whereas you might be rating it lower because you're more of a hardcore fan of the genre and we're more day traders in it. So we liked it more. <laughs> oh, only reason I'm less just because I don't think two was that interesting at all. That's it. If it, two was a little better, I probably would have been at the five. I don't know black guys. people in two. Facts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was. It was like one of the one yeah, of the prisoners that got one, smarter he got, was he got black. Axed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, he yeah got they, killed. The one black guy on the whole entire second one was killed. Yeah, that's yeah, not. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I was like, I was like, man, meatballs. Negative five. Seventies <laughs> right, well, camp movies. Thank you guys for listening to Head Cannon Circus again. Check us out on YouTube, Facebook. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere you listen or watch. You know, <laughs> if things that you watch. For soon we're gonna get a TV channel too. Just watch. I'm just speaking into yeah, it. It's gonna be on uh, Comcast <laughs> channel four yeah. or three. New spike. <laughs> <laughs> the new spike. Yes. All right. Well, let's go into our talk nerdy to me section of our show. Loki has ended, ladies and gentlemen. The sixth episode run has ended. We have been promised a season two, which I think is the first time we got promised that from any of the series, which is. Um, uh, well, everybody knows WandaVision and um, Black Captain America and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> Just Captain America, Jason. Yeah. Look here, man. Look You're the here, Black man. Falcon, ain't you? <laughs> Look here, man. Until until they find somebody to replace him, they I'm just going. I'm a, I'm not going to act like he's Captain America yet. Uh, so White WandaVision. Well, and... <laughs> right, right. Well, with that, let's talk about let's recap Loki first, and let's talk about the future of the Marvel Universe in the second part of this conversation. So, first and foremost. Jaren, what are your thoughts on Loki, the six episodes? Uh, I thought the six episodes were awesome. This is probably, this has been my favorite Disney Plus MCU outing so far. Um, I absolutely love Tom Hiddleston and I love Loki. I thought he was great. Now, I will say the entire time that he was having like close-up conversations with people and they were framing it a certain way, I was waiting for him to disappear and to reappear behind them with a knife in their back. And it never <laughs> happened, especially when he was kind of, kind of like having it out with Sylvie right at, at a, at a Kang's desk. I kind of, they framed it in a way where you just couldn't see behind her. And I was waiting for him to just disappear in that glistening gold thing. And then right behind her, but um, <clears throat> just a phenomenal series had a lot of heart, had a lot of great characterization and I know it set up a lot, like knowing kind of the basic players in the in the in the in the game at this point, uh, setting up Renslayer, setting up Kang, like those they are they're going to be much bigger players down the road, and uh, I'm excited that they got to have this kind of like run up to their character. So hopefully, when we get them in the movie, they can hit the ground running, and we don't have to do backstory and stuff so that they can fit more of the story they want to tell in it. And not have to take enough time, uh, take a lot of time out of their day to be like, oh, and this this person came from here, and he and she did this, and blah blah blah. Um, <laughs> I like the idea that TVA is still standing at the end of this because I think they'd be a great uh, foil to a lot of people in the upcoming iterations of the MCU, especially when they deal with time travel. You know, it's like uh, if they step afoul of the TVA, I like the idea that those fuckers show up and and cause a wrinkle in plans. 
that that whole idea of time cop is super fun for me. Um, and I uh, and and I mean, I can't I can't talk about Loki without talking about Jonathan Majors just killing it as Kang, eating scenery, loving it, just you having the most fun as of any of the characters I've ever seen him because he's always great. Um, but he was just phenomenal in this. And he was just having a, you could tell he was just giddy about being there and having a blast. It could have just been his character and he's a great actor, but I felt like this super positive energy that was sitting kind of on the edges of just how he was delivering stuff and having a good time with it. So, um, and then, yeah, I mean, it sets up so much multiversal madness, quantum mania or whatever it's called. Uh, a lot's going on. And a lot of it is we're going to look back at this. This might become, uh, the next uh, Age of Ultron, where they keep referencing back to stuff that was in the background that we didn't notice, or they reshoot some stuff with the camera placed just a little differently and add some stuff, you know, <laughs> just to the or side. Or the Dark World. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. But yeah, no, loved it. Cannot uh, recommend enough. Uh, yeah, big big fan of this series. All right, Duke, what you got for me? Yeah, I'm gonna mirror what Jaron said. Uh, the best part of this this show was at the end with Jonathan Majors to me anyway, because that dude was just breaking his foot off. And he was, he was, he just played it with just the right amount of like menace with light amount of, of, you know, insanity of, of, of senileness. It was, it was so great. I cannot wait to see what he brings to the character in the future, even though I guess this character is going to be a different character with the same character. So, (laughs) So it might he might bring something different to the, to his next iteration of Kang the Conqueror, even though he, I guess he wasn't really Kang in this one. He was, you know, the one that remains. Um, I love I liked Loki. Um, it was it was a fun show. It was definitely like Tom Hiddleston uh, and Luke and Owen Wilson, not Luke Wilson, Owen Wilson. They were they did a really good job. Um, I don't know the actress name that Pilly Silvey, but she did a, an excellent <laughs> job. I feel like it's it should be a little bit weird. They kiss, but I also feel like it shouldn't be weird. <laughs> not for a narcissist. I just, I just kissed myself right there. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> but you're not a female version of yourself. I don't know. Maybe that's. I don't know. I, I'm glad stuff like that can't happen in real life, so we don't have the answer to these questions. And like, it's not that weird to kiss your a, a female version of yourself. It's just, it's fine. Um, yeah, it sets up a lot of good stuff, and it's and it does it in a very fun and entertaining way. So like we have a really nice basis for where these next set of movies are going to go. And, you know, we don't have to, well, for those of us who watched it, don't have to like be reminded or tread, you know, ground of things that I've already came or have to waste time on stuff like that or, or an origin stories and things like that. So I'm glad that, that, that this show has done all the work for us. Um, was it better to me than the Falcon, the winter soldier? Probably not because you know, hmm. I'm going to go down with things that have black people in it. <laughs> a lot of black power in that. A lot of black power. <laughs> so, uh, but still, still a very entertaining show. Still very much fun. Uh, yeah, this it's a very important show because, yeah, as I said, it's going to factor in all the movies, even the Spider-Man movie. You know, it's everything's going to be factored in by this stuff. So, yeah, it's great. It was great. It was wonderful. I'm, uh, I don't know what they're going to do in season two. I don't, for me, even though they did say there's going to be a season two, I don't really think that's necessary. But yeah, any more Tom Hiddleston doing Tom Hiddleston shit, that should be fun. 
Right. More TVA too. Yeah, more TVA too. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, I've I've always been hard on Marvel. You know, that's one of the things I've been hard on the critique of Marvel because I feel like everybody gives Marvel a pass for the inconsistencies and the tomfoolery they do because it's like, oh, we get to see our superheroes on screen and it's a functional, competent story. So we excuse all the other bullshit that they do that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, whatever. With that being said, Marvel does one of the things that I do at the Grim a lot of credit for is they learn from their mistakes. And Jaren kind of took some of my thunder by talking about Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron did not work because they tried to put so much into it to make the whole rest of the next phases work that it made the story unfocused. And I mean, it's the worst Avengers movie by far because of what Marvel wanted them to try to do in it. This was the best idea is that, hey, if we're going to go into this multiverse thing, trying to put it into a two hour movie that's going to have other plot lines is not going to work out too great because of Age of Ultron. So we're going to put this in six episodes or whatever, but really only the last few episodes really speak to that. But because we took all the heavy lifting in the first four, the last two really can just focus dead eye. I mean, this last episode, literally, it was really only about setting up for the rest of the multiverse going forward <laughs> in the next phase. This was exposition heavy. You call it the black dude in Fear Street expo exposition lad? <laughs> well, Jonathan, Jonathan Major said, hold my beer. Because he <laughs> literally just gave you everything you need to know about how the multiverse works, how it came into existence, why the TVA exists, why he's running it this way, why if he doesn't run it this way, what's going to be the consequences of this, why these consequences going to be – like, he gave you everything. If you left there with a question – he probably answered it too. It was probably like Clippy with Microsoft Office. You probably could hit it up and just rewind it and be like, oh, that's my answer. Sorry that I ever doubted you and going about his business. <laughs> the only thing I hate, and this has nothing to do with the series, the only thing I hate, the only thing I hate that bothers me so much, ah, Marvel, I give you so much credit, and then you give me this one, is that you should have never told us that Jonathan Mathis, uh, Masters was uh, Kane the Conqueror. Majors. Majors. It's Kane the Conqueror. Yeah. We only know that because that, that, that casting was announced. If yeah. you would have just gave us this without that context, and we would have put it together because he goes, oh, some people call me a conqueror. Some people, we would have put it together. But imagine our heads exploding once we put that piece together. Like, they had a moment there where we could have been like, oh, shit. It's like, oh, damn, that little kid sees dead people. That's King Conqueror right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That little kid sees dead people. That's crazy. Oh, the detective, the, the, the counselor was dead this whole time. Like, it could have been that kind of moment because we wouldn't have expected that. Him to be the last guy standing when we got to that, that point. Um, that's the only, I mean, that's not a negative to the series. That's just Marvel being Marvel. And I don't know if they were just trying to, Hey, we cast a black guy. So, Hey, look over here, black guy, key role, key role, black guy. I don't know if that's what they were trying to do, but at the end of the day, I wish we wouldn't have known it because that would have just fucking blown all of our minds. Um, the series is great. And then I, I want to take something back that me and Jaren partially argued about this weekend when I was talking about, <laughs> Sylvie and her motivations. I want to take it back because I did go rewatch this. I've watched the episode three times and take notes and really hear some of the stuff he was saying. I take it back. After I watch it two more times, Sylvie does have moments where she is contemplating not doing it to doing it. Even when she finally thrusts the sword into her, you can even tell like it's a pause there. <laughs> she's still at the brink. They're like, is this the right thing to do? And she's like, ah, fuck it. So I take that back because I made an argument that I thought that Sylvie <clears throat> was such a rational character all through this. 
that her not believing the other Loki and believing the guy that she said is a liar made no sense for her character. But no, nah, it's true. She she did believe the other Loki. She just felt like this is what she deserved to have. She worked her whole life to get this moment, and she deserved to have this moment regardless Century. of the consequences. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, centuries, yes. So I, I take that back because once I watched it again, even when her and Loki were facing off and she had them, she even paused there and was like, you can see the the thing, you can see it working through her facial expressions. And that's what I said I wanted. I just wanted a little bit more to say, hey, I'm actually understanding the consequences, but I don't give a shit because I want this. And they, they did do a good job of that. So I take back that critique of it. I think they did a great job of it once I watched it again. Um, the only other critique I have of it is literally, and it's nothing important of it, is that I'm like you all. I don't, I don't need a season two of this. And if you give me a season two, I don't – it's large shoes to fill. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. big Pretty big shoes to fill if you're going to give me a season two of this. But they seem to always hit it out of the park, so what the fuck do I know? So hold on. Give me a season two of the heroes. Great. <laughs> great phenomenal first season and the next one's gonna be like just straight garbage so, <laughs> right right so based on everything that we know if i had to if i had to make a prediction i would say that season two is going to be about the tva restructuring and then going after renslayer because now she is well also um, with now she uh, is i mean they're all variants but now she is off the grid and she's running around with a lot of info that they don't have and she's off on her own they she just pieced out they didn't really give any context as to what she's going to be up to or her motivations, and and she gone. So I also feel like it will be Loki trying to find his way back to his, his current reality. His, yeah, his yeah. TV, his current <laughs> reality or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. So, so you, that, you, you, they restart the issues, the trust issues that he's going to have with uh, with Owen Mobius. Wilson's character Mobius. Yeah. And- I don't like stuff like that. Like that's to me is like, oh, we gotta do the same thing over again. Like, like even when the sto- show it. started, like I was still kind of apprehensive about like, oh, we have to have Loki's redemption arc over again. And I'm glad they only did it within like, oh yeah, an hour or like that, like really ten quick, minutes. Because yeah. I'm like, <laughs> we've already been here and we've already seen this. Like we already yeah. seen you know Loki and and Morbius's relationship grow. Like we don't need to do that again. Like yeah. let's like. First episode next season be like, okay, we were friends. We're friends now. Let's just put that yeah, I aside. Think, okay? I, think, I think good writing, they'll be able to kind of, he'll be able to dump info and talk to Mobius as if they've been friends for as long as they have been, which is a couple weeks. You know, he, and Mobius is, I think, at his core, a trusting character. So I think that he'll, he'll probably be on board pretty quick. But, uh, well, I, I, I mean, I thought, wow. and this is, <laughs> it's probably wow. my naivete on watching it because I, I, I did feel like this was a different universe because of the things we saw but I thought maybe some of it this was just time travel things changing shenanigans because we technically so don't know where like where she yeah where she pushed him back to mm-hmm. so it could have been a little further back and then my assumption here is that because of episode five, our Loki learned a little bit about uh, enchantments, which mm-hmm. I'm assuming that's why he's going to probably give Morbius back his memories without having to. They're going to have some way where Loki's like, oh, I can show you what we went through or some shit like that. I, and that's just me spitballing how they're going to write their way to easily go into yeah. them being back to being cool again. Because he did do an enchantment with uh, with Sylvie to right. get to that point. She uh, taught she him needed something more power. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So I thought that's going to be the easy way out, which 
I don't know if it's earned or deserved, but it, it takes away from you, Jason, where it's like, I don't want to see that shit again. That's probably what they're yeah, going to do. Yeah, it's boring. They're going to have to go through the whole another season where they're like at each other's throat again, and then at the very end, they're going to be friends. It's like, I've already seen Which, this. Even still so, like, I, I don't even know. You, I mean, oh, the answer is, too, I remember in the, the first couple episodes where he, he set Loki down and showed the future of Loki, like the other Loki that ended up dying, like, I'm pretty sure if he comes up and complains about this has all been done, blah, 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 they should have that kind of can look into his timeline and see really quickly yeah, all the stuff that he went through. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, so you, know, yeah. you know how like this this particular movie is kind of like a, a long form version of exposition so that we can get on with it with the other movies. What if we take this to the next level and and make it so that Loki and uh, Mobius get back together in the trailers leading up to the second season, <laughs> <laughs> they tell that story in thirty minute or thirty second clips. <laughs> that would They're be a clever jet idea. Together, <laughs> going jet skiing right? together, hanging out. You're like, yo, let's go. Easy. We hit the ground running. We got <laughs> um, so let's jump into the future of the MCU. Uh, Jaren, where I mean, where do you think they go from here? Where do you think are the prospects for the upcoming movies? Um, should we even care about Shang Chi? Oh, one hundred percent. Yes, 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 yes. We, we I mean, I, I think I showed you like a like a a meme or whatever. Where uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it up on the screen. I don't know how that works as far as like legalities are concerned with memes, but basically it's just a dude stepping up on like the 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 sixth stair, and it just says on him it says me after the Loki final uh, finale, and then uh, he is. Um, He's stepping over the Eternals, Shang-Chi, Spider-Man, Hawkeye, and just going straight <laughs> to Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> um, no, I think uh, I think Marvel's good at uh, at telling stories. I mean, they've proven themselves time and time again. I think Shang-Chi is going to be huge, and I think it's going to be something that creates another ripple. Like, I think the reason that Feige's putting these movies out is because he's good at it. Now. I think he's got it now. I think he is going to create a ripple inside of Shang-Chi that is going to culminate, you know, down the road. And I think that all these things are are purposely and very organizationally set so that <clears throat> we get some huge payoff at the end, like they've already done with the last 10 years of cinema. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm ex- I, I at this point, I trust them to the point where I'm like, sign me up for. Uh, a, a bunch of characters that involve a tree and a fucking cartoon raccoon that I've never really <laughs> read a comic book about, and and I trust you to to take me on a, on a wild fucking ride, and that it's going to be good. So yeah, I'm excited about Shang Chi. Uh, I don't think that they're. I think that they're going to deliver something of quality, uh, whether or not we are like whether or not we can anticipate it or not. So yes, 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 yes. All right. Jason, number eight? Yeah, I think at this point, uh, Marvel has worked out the kinks. I mean, like, it's been a while since we got an Ultron or a Thor the wor- Dark World 2. So, uh, yeah, I think pretty much going this forward that they are setting up things to be in place and are setting up movies to be successful and not only successful, but entertaining as well, which is also great. Um, so, yeah, I think we're. I'm pretty excited about what is in store for us and honestly i'm pretty excited about seeing like the young avengers because they've been hinting at that as well as well as you know what the current avenger team is going to look like in the future you know like who's all going to be on it they're going to have a chinese guy or asian guy on it it's going to be great like an asian avenger that sounds fun 
And then, uh, you know, the leader's going to be a, a black dude with wings. It's going to be great. <laughs> so, and then they're all going to take a back seat when they reintroduce the X-Men. <laughs> yeah. And then everything's going to get turned on the door and there's going to be straight up <laughs> white X-Men. All mutants all day long. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be, they're going to not even have Storm in that. So, yeah, but... <laughs> But I, I'm I'm excited for the Eternals. I'm excited for Shang Chi. I'm excited for everything that they're you know that's in the future. Because uh, yeah, I think they've they've got their process down. They've got their formula set. You know, I'm as much as you don't like the formula, Jason. I feel like you know it's a solid you know pit, uh, piece of kit they got, and I feel like yeah, they're gonna give us something good for the next. How long they're going to continue to make these movies? I want to bring up one more thing before um, <clears throat> testifying to the the evilness of the big corporation. Um, there's been reports that Disney is no longer signing multi movie deals with actors, and that happened right when they introduced the multiverse. So I think what they're kind of saying is, listen we'll just rewrite your character with a different actor and it's from the multiverse if yeah. uh, you don't do what we want or, or or do how we like. Or if you, it comes out that you've, you know, abused women or something like that. And in the, in the, like, we're not stuck with 10 movies worth of you if you're a shitty person. But also we can, you know, uh, the, the negotiating movies. contract negotiation on their end yeah. is a little bit more flow, flowing and, you know, you might not get you might not get like Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. making you know a couple a couple hundred million off of Endgame like like this happened. So hmm. I wish I could do a couple hundred million dollars for just you know a few weeks worth of work. Hey, take take the back end off a movie that you know is going to kill it, and take the gross, not the net. Then you end up Matrix. with 100, 130 million that Robert Downey took for Endgame. Or Alex Guinness on uh, forty Star million Trek. that he gets got one point five percent of whatever George Lucas is making. Oof. Oof. <laughs> I mean, all right. Well, let me jump through all this these hoops. Um, yes, I agree. I mean, it is what it is with Marvel. Regardless if it's going to be shit, you guys going to say it's good, so it won't really matter. <laughs> I don't dislike the formula. I dislike the fact that it is a formula when it comes to a creative art form that doesn't have a formula. That's what bothers me about Marvel movies, that the formula is what it is. It guarantees you satisfaction. It's like when you go through your favorite fast food joint, you almost guarantee the Whopper's going to use the 99% of the time, the Whopper's going to taste like a Whopper. That's cool, because that's what I came for. I came to go taste the Whopper. That's what I said, and I don't mind. I just hate the fact that I've grown up with so many different ways. Like, if I picked up a Doctor Strange comic, I don't expect it to feel like Spider-Man. But in the Marvel Universe, eh, pretty much. Same story, Doctor Strange, Iron Man, who gives a shit? Same guy, arrogant <laughs> asshole, figures out a new way, gets becomes a champion and a hero. It, it is what it is. And I don't, and again, I, I went to Burger King, I got a Whopper, so what, I'm not mad about it. I just wish there was a little bit more thought process into trying to do something creative. That's why I love Guardians. That's why I like Ant-Man. I like some of them because it's like, hey, we're trying to feel different than the normal status quo of Marvel. Um, I think all these new ones are going to feel very status quo because this is their new phase one let's just call it what it is so they're going to there's a lot of characters in this phase that we're not familiar with a lot of us aren't familiar with the eternals i know i'm damn sure not familiar with shang chi like so we're really going to be building this universe up from like the first step again introducing these characters and doing it i think they always do a great job with the character start-offs 
Like I, you know, Iron Man one, Thor one. We can go through it, except for I call it Credible Hulk, not the Incredible. He's he's the Credible <laughs> Hulk. This Ang Lee's one was like the the Terrible Hulk. So this is just the Credible <laughs> one. So yeah, yeah, like. Uh, oh, so it's Credible Hulk. I mean, besides that one, which let's be real, if you watch Credible Hulk, it's not terrible. No, it just right. isn't great. Yeah, yeah, it just okay. isn't great. Like we won't. But um, had me a good job. But I think um, I guess my only fear is that they're going, they're biting off more than they can chew, because mm. now you open up to do anything you want to do, and we have because uh, I'm looking at it and go, okay, now they open up a possibility for Secret Wars. You open up a possibility, like we talked about for Hell Galactus. Well, like you can go almost anywhere mm. with this point. So trying to get a multiverse corralled is a lot harder than one universe. And I think they did a great job with Infinity War and Endgame. Don't get me wrong. It worked like gangbusters. But now you're going to have to do a lot more now because we have all that history that we got to deal with. Now you're creating new history and you're doing it with a multiverse, not even in the same universe anymore. Just a lot. And that's what I only fear is that it can get, okay, all right, how do we shift these pieces? But the, the, the beauty of all this is that even if they fuck this up because they're so ambitious, we'll still enjoy it. And you know what? A lot of you guys won't give a shit if they fuck it up. Because you're going <laughs> to be like, well, they tried it. And look at all. We got this We got this huge conveying of everybody. And you're going to be like, yeah, and I'm going to be cheering in the theater right along with you saying, what a great job. But there, that's the beauty of Justice League, so. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and that is the beauty of Marvel, that you can literally, you can do this. And if, even if you miss it, we will still give you points. Because we have never seen anything like this before. And my the Marvel thing is great. My hate is that other people are trying to emulate it. And it's not as good. Like, we accept a lot of trash Marvel gives us. It's just, like, off of faith. You haven't built the credibility of a lot of these other franchises to give us stuff on faith. And we're like, oh, uh, <clears throat> I don't know about this. So, But, no, kudos to them. But, again, I, I hope this does culminate to a Secret War situation or a Secret Invasion situation, which they've hinted at. With yep. Nick, you know Nick Fury being out there with, I guess, sword, uh, which I'm I'm down to get his sword. I don't think they've ever officially said it, but I'm down to get his sword. Um, yeah, yeah, we it's a lot going on, man. Like if, people oh. forgot even forgot about that storyline that's going on currently. They with said it was Fury out in space. They What's said one division. Yeah, I'm saying, but no one's even no, talking about it. That's the very end. Yeah, like, the no one's talking about that. That's a thing. Like yeah. that's still going on. We still got Thor out going with uh, the Guardians. Like it's a lot going on before we even talk about the multiverse. Oh, so yeah. that's like the only it's it's just a lot going on. So yeah, we got shit still going on in this universe. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> so if I you can trust because it's going to be a hell of a move to pull all this, or maybe they don't pull it all together. Maybe some shit that happens out in the universe, a multiverse wars is only going to deal with the people that are dealing with the multiverse shit, and our regular universe shit is only going to deal with our regular. Maybe that's the that's the move. Who knows? Okay, but I'm gonna be excited to see how they do it and handle it. Because I mean, right now they just I mean, they're, they're, they're hitting on everything. With the especially with the Thor and the Guardians of the Galaxy, you know they're gonna, you know, n rewrite that real quick because the Thor next Thor movie is gonna be out before the next Guardians of the Galaxy movie because they fired James Gunn. Then they were like, oh well, mm. we want you back. So they're gonna totally probably just wash over in the first 15 minutes of the next Thor movie. Cannot wait for Suicide Squad. <laughs> Neither can. Yeah. <laughs> or they could pull up, what is it? Uh, uh, Iron I mean, Man 3 move. They could have Thor be telling this story to, like, Star-Lord when he, like, leaves the ship for him. I don't know. 
they, they figured out creative. Again, Iron Man 3 was a creative way to do it. They're like, oh, yeah. Well, he's yeah, telling Bruce Banner this fucking story. Like, right. <laughs> Thor, Thor 3 or 4. I guess it's Thor 4. Love of Thunder. Yeah. Directed by Taika Waititi. He's a great storyteller. So I'm sure he's going to find some clever or at least fun way of, of making it work for us. And even if he doesn't, we're going to be okay because whatever he gives us is going to be just probably even better. He's been on record as saying that he really hopes it's popular because if not, he'll probably never work again because he went out outside of the box so far. He went so crazy with this one that he's also <laughs> pulling off a polyamorous relationship with Rita <laughs> Wilson and, and Tessa Thompson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, dude, he's got some balls on him. <laughs> the most likable Hitler I've ever seen in movies. I love that. Dude, you're right. <laughs> when you don't immediately want to kill him and he's dressed as Hitler, you're like, all right, man, you, you are a very likable person. Great movie. JJ Rabbit, if you haven't, oh, or JoJo yeah. Rabbit, if you haven't JoJo seen Rabbit. it, go and see it. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. Yeah. All right, guys. We got anything else left on Marvel, Loki? If we hit everything, I don't. I th I think you guys are giving it a little bit uh, more complex, uh, like a little bit more. Like it's not as it's. So when you get a board behind you and you you plot you plot out your plot your uh, your points that you got to hit in a movie to move the plot along and everything, and you kind of like this is Act One, this is Act Two, this is Act Three. I mean, I just imagine Kevin Feige's doing the same thing, just oh, instead of movies. doing it with story points, he's doing it with movies. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's where you, you have, realize I mean, like, that most comics and book series like everything that does this usually doesn't usually get it right you do know that right like I, and he's a he's a smart man and I, i'm giving him all game. credit but yeah but he usually like they usually don't get it right and so <laughs> but in game was all compact to one straightforward storyline like it was all on earth it was all about this evasion we were getting ready for it was nothing there was no i mean all you do was just it's like he has oh. things going on everywhere now that, and again, we, we see it in comic books them. when they do crossover yeah. events. They don't always work out well because they had to juggle so much stuff over Civil so many War comic two. book issues. What's up? What'd you say? I was saying yeah, Civil, Civil War, War two. two. Yeah, like that's so. That's what I'm saying. It's a lot. It's again. I, I said the Marvel we trust, but yeah. I think you're simplifying it. They're like, oh, they're just gonna move it like. So oh, a lot I'm, of storyboards you moved along. <laughs> you're you're gonna see you're gonna see just like with anything like this, you're gonna see disparate story uh paths that are all gonna all of a sudden start to come together and everybody's gonna end up at the same place and time for the finale. That's just how it's gonna be. Well, Regardless yes, of where they're saying, at, it starts, they're all saying is it gonna be same. good to that point? That's the point we're yeah. making. Will it be good to that point? Oh. Well, that's what, what we're talking you know, about. <laughs> Inward for Nerd will be here to talk about it every step of the way. <laughs> yeah. We'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I'm just glad Abomination's back because who doesn't love Abomination? I hope Tim Roth uh, gets to be here. <laughs> that's I don't think point. they're going to yes. use Tim I like Tim Roth <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> I even watched Lie to Me, which is not that great of a show, but Tim Roth was phenomenal in it. He chewed scenery left, right, and center. All right. Well, that is our closing marks. I guess we'll go on to the finish, guys. Thank everybody for listening to the N Word for Nerd podcast. Again, remember to like, share, subscribe, follow us on YouTube, Facebook, all of your DSPs. If you don't know what that means, that means digital service provider or digital listening service. Anyway, uh, your DSPs, please listen to us all there, which is Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM. We are everywhere. Uh, please tell us what you think. Comment below. 
Tell us that we don't know what the hell we're talking about. Please comment and let us know that Arnold Schwarzenegger is the best. And regardless of what they think about the Wayne Rock Johnson, Ooh. that is full of yeah, crazy talk. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we will see you all next time. Jason, any closing words? Don't follow me in real life because I do shoot first. But please be kind <laughs> and tip your bartenders and servers. Oh, Token right. Jaren, any closing words? Arnold wasn't the best, and we proved it two to one. So have Ooh, a yeah. good day. <laughs> I, I, I for sure won top three this week because that's excellent. <laughs> So you can't uh, we'll just, you just yeah, blame yeah, yourself yeah. for winner. That has to be a great out of two no, out of three no, people. Two to one, nobody, buddy. nobody will, except for you clowns and 20-year-olds, <laughs> nobody else will agree that Dwayne Rock Johnson is put anyway. I'm not, I'm not gonna get started. Thank you guys for listening. We will see you all next week. Peace.